0: Good to see everybody today. We're going to close out our series on Proverbs. We've been most of the month going through the wisdom of God. God has revealed what He says is wise, and He has handed it over to us because God, number one, is good. He's good, and He wants things to go well with us, and so He gives us this, and we've taken it in. We thought we would start in this particular spot, because why not start with the wisdom of God? Because maybe that will put us in a place to set us up to have a better year than we did last year. So hopefully that's started to become the case already. Uh, Just a few words about last week's message. I received lots of feedback from last week's message, Speak Wisely. The number one thing I heard from uh, last week was, husband's nag too. So I don't know. (laughs) I heard that I couldn't find it. I was looking like, I don't think they do. It doesn't say they do. But I was told they absolutely do. So I was one piece. Another guy said that it was a very quiet ride home last week. It didn't really say too much. And then he finally broke the silence by saying, you know, honey, found out today that timing is important to God. I mean, that's what he said. It's from the word of God. It's actually wise to have good timing. So I was wondering when you thought it might be the right time to tell you that the message we heard today is exactly what you needed to hear. <laughs> so The rest of the ride wasn't so quiet. So lots of Proverbs, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of, I mean, it's just lots of wor- words and words and words and words like lots of Proverbs. But here's where I want to end the series with this, the necessity of obedience. There isn't anything that we've talked about that's going to make any difference in my life or your life if we don't actually put it into practice, which is wisdom itself. To be obedient is going to produce good things. That's wisdom itself, and I think that that wisdom is on every page of Proverbs, and I'll kind of show you how it's there. If you go through Proverbs, you're gonna find a whole bunch of verses that seem like God is just saying something that is wise. He's expressing wisdom. The verse itself is like God handing you, say, hey, here's a piece of wisdom. It doesn't necessarily direct you one way or the other. He's saying this is something that is. So a few examples of that would be: a harsh answer is gonna stir up anger in somebody else. A soft answer is gonna melt it down. And that's just what is. That's just how it how it goes. It's not telling you necessarily to do one thing or the other. just laying it out there for you. Something to consider. There are six things that God hates. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, violent hands, a wicked heart, feet that run to a fight instead of run away from it, and those that stir up dissension in the group. Those that whisper tiny little lies about somebody and they stir it all up and get everybody about that person. God hates that. Good to know. Is it good to know what God hates? I think that's excellent information. Where there are no oxen, the stable is clean. <laughs> But you can't get anything done on the farm with no oxen, so the the idea is you've got to be willing to put up with a little bit of a mess if you want to get something done. A wife is a good thing. Getting into it, joining an argument that's not your own is is a bad thing, it's dumb. Getting into an argument that's not your own is like walking past a dog you don't know and grabbing it by the ears. (laughs) That's stupid. And that's just what God says. He just hands it out. There you go. So you get pieces. Then he will give us wisdom by telling us what a wise person would do. It's a whole bunch like that. So a wise person guards his mouth, remains silent, thinks before he speaks, ignores an insult. The vexation of a fool you will know at once. You insult a fool and what are you going to get right back? Right away. He's going to come right back at you. But a wise man ignores an insult. You just let it go. And that's wise. Disciplines their children. The wise discipline their children. They they don't co-sign for a neighbor. I like this one. They don't spend too much time in their neighbor's house lest their neighbor become sick of them. It's an actual, like, go home. God says, go home. So that's what wise people do. But there's a whole bunch that's where we're going to spend our time today, that say, this is what you can expect to gain if you actually do what God says, and this is what you can expect to get if you don't. There's a whole bunch that are like benefit and consequence proverbs. That's actually what caught my eye. As I went through, remember, we said we're going to end this way, because as I went through, what what repeated itself was God had a lot to say about the words that come out of our mouth. And then this is the other one that I saw a lot of. There was he would attach these benefits and consequences to the end of them. So here's a few. And as I, as I go through these, I want you to think about what's the difference between the two? There's going to be two outcomes in every one of these Proverbs. What separates the two? Why are they different? So a wise son makes, his, makes a glad father, but a foolish son sorrow to his mother. So that you, gotta, you have parents who are glad and you've broke your mother's heart. What's the difference between the two? A wise woman builds her house and a foolish one tears it down. Do you have a house that's built and one that isn't? The next one I think says, the righteous are delivered from their trouble, but the wicked walk into it. So one is safe from it. Don't you love to be insulated from trouble? I love that. I love that feeling of relief like, oh, I didn't do that. And then there's those who just walk right into it. What separates those two? A good man obtains the favor of the Lord. One gets God's favor; God delights in him, and the other one gets his condemnation. What are the, What are the difference? Go back to the first one. I'll just go to these kids. Why not? We're all hey. We all have parents, all right. I'm just gonna talk to you for a second, though. You got a glad dad, or you're killing mom. What's the difference between that? It's whether you listened or not the difference between it is somebody listened the son actually did he heard what he was supposed to do and he actually did it and when you do what you're supposed to do it makes us happy and when you don't breaks our heart among other things somebody actually is the difference between it is obedience you actually have to do it same thing with the next one how is it that one house is strong? Is your house put together in good or is it falling apart? Is your house a mess? Not I know you got stuff on the floor. I'm just saying. Is it a wreck like relationally is it a wreck? Or is it put together in good? What's the difference? A mom listened, a wife and a mother actually loves the Lord, did what He said, and put it into practice, and it built the house. The difference between the two is obedience. You can go write down all these, and what you're going to find is somebody actually listened and somebody didn't, and the one who didn't, and the one who did. It's obedience. The favor of God. You got the favor of God or the delight. And the difference is somebody actually loves Him and did what He said. And he likes that, just like we do. Every single proverb that mentions a benefit or a consequence is God saying, obedience is necessary. When you read through, and this is what I want you to do, you start to read through, and you're going to find a whole bunch that says, it looks like I'm gaining something here, and it looks like I'm losing something here. And And when you see a gain and a loss, God is saying, hey, listen. There's benefit in listening. Maybe the most repeated piece of wisdom on the pages of Proverbs is, "If you don't do anything with what I'm telling you, it's going to produce zero in your life." Yeah, you listen. Case in point: Last week on this platform, I had spent before I <clears throat> arrived here, I had spent probably three weeks in Proverbs reading and reading and reading and trying to find these things and what is, and the question in my head when I go anywhere is what is God trying to say to me from these pages? So I'm pulling it out and I see all this stuff about words and what you say and how powerful it is and why it matters and so I I I wrote all those words down and then I gave you all those words and the delivery was, it went okay we go home and Brandy made lunch. It was nachos. It was perfect. I mean, it was really, really good. But the boys were still hungry, and they, and they always are. Like, and so they graze, they just graze. Do you have anyone that grazes in your house? They just do. So there's an open bag of chips, and they just take their hand in it and they pull it out. And their hands are huge now, and they just eat. And then they, when they, they, there's a circle in our house. They just kind of walk through and they eat. And then they come back through and there's a thing of pretzels in the corner. They just take their hand and they stick it in there. And they just eat. So Brandy said, if you're still hungry, eat what I made. The food. I just, I just wanted a calm Sunday. So a wise man in that situation, based upon the message, would have said nothing. (laughs) Point number one last week. Point number one. Sometimes you should think about saying nothing. But I was a fool. (laughs) And I got, you know, for two hours after I left this platform and told you how to stay out of a fool's consequence, I was wrapped up in it. It doesn't do you any good if you know it. I know it. I might even say I know it better than you. It will bring you zero benefit into your life unless you actually do it. We have, we have to end Proverbs this way. You have to do it. Otherwise, it's just another Sunday. We come in here. I've got 3,177 words. I'm going to roll them out to you. We'll sing a song and go, and we just keep doing it, and it will make zero difference in your life. But you have to, unless you actually do it. And there are benefits for it. We're going to go through the benefits today. And I think before, the, we, we got to talk, there has to be a plan, but something has to change. Here's, a, you can read at the bottom of your bulletin, but one thing, you got to think about one thing. How's your obedience? I mean, I know you listen but do you actually listen and, and do it? What is one thing, I want you to be thinking, that you know you have to change this year in order for your, or, for your obedience to improve? Because otherwise, it's just going to be all the same stuff. I'll just give my words, you come and listen, and, and then we just go about our thing. So today's going to be like, today's going to be, it's not going to be a lot of fun. It's just going to be like, hey, shape up. For, like over and over, I'm just going to say that. So I know some of you in here, I've talked with you before service. You come in here and you're not in a good place. Your soul's crushed. You've got stuff going on in your life. And the last thing you need to hear is like, if you'd just be good, maybe your life would be different. I get it. So if your soul's crushed this morning, you just listen, just listen to as much as you can. Because it is true. And anytime we start speaking about truth, it, it, ultimate, it will always ultimately be for our good. And so take what you can. But I, why not? I mean, why not do something different? Why not listen? And here's a bunch of reasons why. So here we go. This is what God says. If we actually do it, this is what we can expect. So one, this comes from, well, it comes from all over, but... I'll read one with it. We can expect less trouble. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and the wicked walks into it instead. So you've got the two different destinations. Now, let me say this as we go. We're going to be, we're going to read lots of different terms today. So you're going to have like that, the righteous and the wicked. And you're not going to want to sign yourself up for wicked. Who wants to sign yourself up for, definitely I'm wicked. That's me. He's talking about me. Nobody wants to do that. There's going to be the upright and the treacherous. Anyone treacherous in here? Well, that's not me. You can't be talking about me because I'm not treacherous. And the good and the evil, there's going to be the gracious and the violent. But we can take them all and put them under two categories. There's people who listen and people who don't. There's people who are obedient and those who aren't. And so we're going to read it in that way. So the guy who listens is going to be delivered from trouble. The guy who doesn't is going to walk into it instead. We can expect less trouble if we listen this year. Who could use less trouble? I don't know what kind of trouble you got in. There's all kinds of trouble. But whatever it is, if you, listen to what, if you listen to God's wisdom on that subject, you'll have less of it. I know your mouth got in trouble. We talked about that last week. Your mind does too. And there's all kinds of wisdom for that. The wisdom for your mouth is just to Say less. We don't need to hear from you on every subject. Walk away. Be quiet. Think before you speak. So I think we've gone over that. Um, Lying. Anybody get in trouble for lying this past year? Your lies wrecked something or someone. Here's God's wisdom on lying stop it. Don't lie anymore tell the truth. Because if you tell lies, ultimately it's going to go bad. So just speak the truth. And it might be painful in the moment, but if you lie, then it's only going to come up later. So just be honest then, and then later you'll be glad. So don't lie so much. Uh, Drinking. maybe, Maybe alcohol is your deal. So you drink too much, it's a mess. Here's God's wisdom when it comes to alcohol. Do not tarry long over the glass. If you do, it will bite you like a snake. If you mess with something, if you mess with a snake long enough, eventually you're probably going to get bit. If you mess with alcohol long enough, you tarry there, as it were, over wine and strong drink, wine is a mocker, beer is a brawler, then ultimately it's going to bite you. And if you know that, don't. Don't do that anymore. Drink less or don't drink at all or pour it out. So you go home today and you know that that is the thing and you haven't listened to it because you always tarry long over the glass and you know you can't do it, then just pour it out. Pour it all out and just go a month without drinking anything. And if the thought of pouring it all out like brings panic to you, then you should probably really do it. Because something has to change. And with every single one of these, we have to have a plan. So it's not just going to be like you're going to double down on your effort because you doubling it down on your effort is not going to produce anything. You're going to have to have a way in which you can pull this off. You're going to need some help to do it. And that maybe has to be part of your plan. I don't know what trouble you're in. Maybe the trouble you're you're in is only potential because no one knows what you did yet. What you do and how you live doesn't look anything like this. So you look a certain way here and you come here and it appears okay, but you actually got a whole different way in which you live down under here and you keep it underneath and nobody knows. But if they did know, it would wreck things. So what did you do and nobody knows yet? Who has secrets that if they came out would wreck everything? obedience will keep you from that's a terrible place to live it's a terrible place to know that you've got something and if it comes out like your wife doesn't know your husband doesn't know your kids don't know your parents don't know but if they did that's a terrible place to live without worry you don't ever have to live there if you just listen like obedience is for you if you don't do that in the moment right before you did, like you knew better, it's not like you didn't know you weren't supposed to, but if you actually don't, you get, you get saved from all that. I love being saved from all that. That's the best feeling in the world. And, and the, God's wisdom is that obedience, it's for you, don't. Here's a guy who didn't. This is Proverbs 5. This is a guy who he knew better, He was told not to do it, but ultimately, this guy goes and does it. These are the words of his father. Listen to his words at the end. The dad says, "'For the lips of of a forbidden woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death.'" It actually says, "'Her feet go down to hell.'" "'And now, O sons, listen to me. Do not depart from the words of my mouth.'" You stay away from her door. Don't go down there. Because if you go down there, it's all a lie. It's what you think you want, and you think it's going to be great. But if you even go down her street, you run the risk because you're closer to her door. And if you go through her door, it's done. Like you can't come back out. There's a description in Proverbs that actually says is there's a hunter inside that door. And when you come through, he's going to shoot you in the liver. And you're not going to die right then, but you're going to die. It's, it's an awful, like as soon as you go, you do it. You knew you weren't supposed to, but you did it. You kept it secret. You thought no one would know. You had it down there and then bam. And you live with that now. Like what if, what if I'm found out? You don't ever have to live there ever again because obedience will keep you from ever going down the street. But you have to Listen. This is what he says, I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. Don't tell me what to do. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors, and now I am on the brink of ruin because everybody's going to find out. It's awful. That's the worst place to be in. So God's wisdom for that is integrity, you do whatever you do in the dark, do in the light. So whatever you do in the light, do in the dark. Whatever you do where lots of people can see you, do the same stuff where no one you think can see you. And if you do that stuff, the same stuff, you'll just be relaxed, you'll be chill, you'll be innocent and free. It says you'll be insolent. That's called integrity. And if you have integrity, then you you don't have to worry about it. It says, the one who has integrity, who walks according to integrity, he rescues himself from trouble, but the one whose ways are crooked, he will be found out. It's like, which place, do, which destination do you want to be in? Do you want to be worried about what you've done, or you just want to be chill, like just hanging out this afternoon going, I'm, I'm pretty much innocent. I haven't really done anything. What separates the two is obedience, to listen, to listen. The righteous of the upright, the righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. All right, money and stuff. Um, Anybody this past year have any difficulty with money and stuff? any stress in your household as it relates to finances. Just a few. (laughs) Any angst over dollars or the lack thereof. Says the righteous has enough to satisfy his appetite, but the belly of the wicked suffers want. Now, let me back up. If you've suffered want, if there's difficulty, I'm not saying you're wicked. Here's what I want you to hear. If you've had stress over money and finances and fighting and difficulty and how's this and all that, like, you just have to ask yourself, okay, have I done anything that God has said about money and stuff? Or have I done everything that He said not to do? And if you have done everything He said not to do, then let's consider doing what He did say to do so, because all that can go away. Now, it says you'll have enough, it doesn't necessarily say, and you'll be overflowing with riches and it's gonna be awesome. It just says you'll have enough. You'll have enough. But you have to do what I say, and then you'll have enough. And if you have enough, like, oh, I have enough, that's good. Who, who wants to live in enough land? <laughs> so, this is some of the wisdom that God says one, work hard. You have to work hard. Don't love sleep. Get up. Don't turn in your bed the way a door turns on its hinges. He who loves sleep will have plenty of poverty. He who opens his eyes and goes to work will have plenty of bread. Work hard. Work hard. The guys that I know that have the most, they don't sleep very much. It's easy to look at them and go, oh, it'd be easy to have life. Look at their life. It's got to be easy because they have so much. And if you had that much money, how could life be hard? Like, you don't—they don't sleep very much. They work hard. Work hard. Don't be lazy. Work a—work a money-paying job. It's two. It says, he who plows the field that's right in front of him will have plenty of bread— But he who chases a worthless pursuit will have plenty of poverty. So, like, I'm not saying, I sound mean today. I'm not trying to be mean. Like, I'm not saying your dream is a worthless pursuit. I'm just saying, like, leave it over here. If you have a money-paying job right in front of you, go do that. It's fun to have something over here you do, and you can make extra money, and that's called extra money. But when you take this dream over here, like, I can do this, and then you make it the only way in which you make money, that dream becomes a nightmare. Don't do that. Don't be so quick to walk away from the field that's right in front of you. Just work hard, get up early and go do it. And then you can do this over here, but don't just chase it. That that would would be misery. Like, well, I do work hard. I do have a money paying job. I still don't have enough. Okay, spend less. Spend less. It's better to be lowly and have a servant that nobody knows about than to play the rich man and lack bread. Don't be spendy. If you don't have it, if you are not, if you don't have enough, don't spend like you do. Don't be spend. Don't, don't lie to yourself. I love that this time of year, we are always walking into places of business with cash in our pocket because we, we go to that. Actually started that, for quite a while now, we're on a good roll. And I love walking into a place wherever we're going to go with cash because I can't lie to myself. I'm like, I need this, and I want this, and I can have this. And like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, you, if you have cash, you can't lie to yourself. You can't. And there's something about cash, too, that hurts when you spend it. Like, especially grocery. We go, we, I like pay cash for groceries. And I'm like, I just paid $242 for cereal. <laughs> like, man, we eat a lot of cereal. And it hurts. And I think that's good. It's good to see it. Because how many know, how hard is it for it to come in? It comes in hard. And then cereal? And it matters. Cat. So don't just cut up your credit card because you're lying to yourself. If you can't cover it, don't swipe it. You know you can't. And it's just going to make things worse later. I mean, don't play the rich guy. And have, and have no bread. Great, you look good from the outside. You walk through the door and there's nothing. Be lowly. Like, you got to humble yourself like, I can't. And it's okay. But you know what? Everything I have, I got it covered. Don't get more stuff that you can't cover because then it'll cover you. And that is misery. Don't be spendy have a plan. Have a plan. Says, oh, the one I like on this is know the state of your flocks. Listen, know what you have and what you don't have. Know what you can cover and what you don't. If you have no idea what you have and don't have and what, if you don't know the outs and the, and the ends and you can't figure, you don't even know where to make adjustments unless you have a plan. And plans are different. Sometimes it's hard to have a plan, like the money plan and whatever. Sometimes you need a money plan guy to give you the plan because you can't come up with a plan on your own. And that's all right. Anybody need a money plan guy? So, so far you've told me you don't lie and everyone has a budget. (laughs) I know you broke the first one. And it says the plan of the diligent leads to abundance. And if you don't know, it's okay if you don't know, but you, that's the one thing. So if this is the one, then that's the one thing. I know we need help with this, and I'm going to seek out a plan guy. And, it, and look, they're everywhere. You could actually just, we'll say so at the end, but if you need help with that, you have to ask because it is wise. And if you do and you act on that, you could get yourself to a place where You have enough. The last one on this uh, says, Be generous. Have things dried up at work? Like the sales projections are down, or there's not enough coming in, or things are different. So things have kind of shriveled up a little bit. You got to ask yourself Have you tightened your grip on all that God put in your hands? Because it's all His. And what He says is here's God's wisdom on that. If you keep an open-handed posture with everything that I put in your hands, then you're always going to have enough to be generous again. But the minute you start to close it down on what I gave you on my stuff, then you're going to suffer want. And I don't know why that works. I don't know why being generous allows you to have enough or even more, and it's maybe because the whole thing is—the entire universe is built by and based on a generous God who gives freely. That's who he is. And so the only way everything's going to work is through that same idea. God has been generous. He's, he freely gives. And that's the way in which things will flow. So if business, what have you done? I had, uh, had someone tell me in between services, I struggle giving anywhere. And she, her, her thing was to the church. And she's like, well, you know, I'll write it, but it's not like God gave me a bill so I can sort of just write whatever I want, you know. It's like, well, not this month or, or whatever. But she did this. She just took it. She took that fight out of her deal, and she started to give online, so it was like an automatic thing that came out. And she said, I mean, she was kind of, she was emotional about it. And she's like, I don't know. I don't have that fight anymore, but I have more than enough. I always thought I wasn't going to have enough. I have more than enough. So don't even think about it anymore. Something for you to think about. Three, what do what do people say about you? Do people like you? When your name comes up, what gets said? Is it good? Or not really? If it's bad, You can change it. If when your name comes up and people start in, and what they're doing is they're building it off of everything you're showing them, everything you've done, and it's not good, then you can actually change the way people think about you and what they say about you for the better if you start to listen to what God said about how to do it. If you are obedient to God's wisdom, it will change what people say about you for the better. All kinds of things on this one. One of them, he says, one of them, and this one's tough, but if you wanted to do that, it says, uh, listen, you heed reproof. The wise man listens to reproof. You know what reproof is? Correction, criticism. How fun is that? But he listens to it. He heeds it, and he is in the end honored. The one who takes it in and can find it. Here's, it's going to come to you. No one likes it. I don't like it. I get all kinds of criticism. He did this or he did that, and a lot of it I deserve. I act a certain way. When my name comes up, oh, he does this sort of thing, whatever it is. But if, if I can take, listen, if everybody's saying this about you, all right, just in general, your name comes up and everybody kind of says this about you, guess what? Everybody's probably not wrong. There's probably a little, even though you don't like it, there's probably a little bit of truth in it. And the idea is you take, as much as you hate it, you take the little bit of truth that is there and you turn from it. You re- you're like, ah, yeah, that's me. And you repent. You, you turn away from that. You get out of that. And if you start to listen to that, pretty soon you are different. And then the things they say about you are different. Another one says, be gracious. the, the wise woman is gracious, the violent man. The, the wise woman is gracious and she is honored. The violent man, um, he is not and he is not. I don't know who doesn't like you and I don't know why they don't like you. Maybe you don't even know why they don't like you. But there are those people, like you've got, you're at odds with some folks. You got groups of people you don't really care for, and you kind of, I don't know what it is. And when they come by, because you're going to see them, everything in you, you, like what you want to do, you know you can't say anything to them because of last week, (laughs) because that's just going to make it worse. But the way in which you want to do it, you can have a body language or a posture that lets them know that you really don't even care that they're drawing breath. As a matter of fact, you don't even see them because they're so insignificant to you. You don't even care. But you want to make sure they know that and they feel that. Which is not wise. Wisdom is, be gracious. Give them what they don't deserve. I don't know what you did. I don't know what they did. Be gracious. Give them what they don't deserve. Find something. One of my favorite books. Find a piece that you can honestly appreciate about. Don't flatter them, because flatter is all, it's, it's lie. It, it won't produce anything. But if it's honest appreciation about them, something that you can honestly speak, you speak that honesty to them. Like, be gracious to them. And, I'm, and if you practice that wisdom what people say about you will have to change because there won't be anything else to talk about except you being gracious. And if all they're going to do is point to the thing you did four years ago, the people that they hang around, and then there's nothing between there and then, the people that they hang around are just going to get tired of them talking about four years ago and say, well, you know what? It seems like they're different now. They're going to have to change because there's no, there's no, you're not giving them any, what, like wood on the fire, From last week. You can change what people say about you by listening, actually listening to the wisdom of God and putting it into practice. There's a a proverb that says, The memory of the righteous. It's beautiful. It's like a it's like a sweet smell. The name of the wicked is like rot. I mean, you can, you can live it out. You can live it out. And the last one is um, God's favor. That's what he said. I'll just read these. Just listen to these. A good man obtains the favor of the Lord, but a man of evil devices he condemns. Somebody who listens obtains the favor. Someone who doesn't care and doesn't, he condemns. Those of crooked heart are an abomination, but but those of blameless ways are his delight. Those that don't listen and don't care, abominations, that's a tough one. But the blameless, those people who listen, he delights in. Listen, if you have God and he says that I will delight in you or you'll get nothing from me but condemnation, which one do you want to be in? And what separates the two? Listen to him. Love him. Do what he says. And if you do, it says that I—this is the way it says it. If you do, if you listen, you— you bring him to your back. You, you bring him to a place. It produces something in him, and he says he's going he's to work things out f- for you. Listen to what he says. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. He's far from the, You don't care about me. You don't do what I say. I'm far from you. You care about me. You love me. I'm going to hear your prayer. When a man's ways please the Lord... He makes even His enemies be at peace with Him. So, it's like it produces something. It's like, look at Him, and then He comes. It's like you feel the wind at your back this year, and you can can tell it's just going better. And you would be able to tell specifically, it's God that's making it go better. And what He said is, bring that about in me through your obedience. Bring that about in me for you through your obedience. The last one I like says, You do that, bless your kids. The righteous who walks with integrity, blessed are his children. So that speaks to me. You can work things out in that way. Maybe the best thing you could do for your prayer life is to be nice. Talk to your wife in a way that is soft and loving. Don't lose it with your kids. Work hard. But what are the things we've talked about? Put down the drink. All the little tiny disciplines with that, inside of life, you start to walk in a way that delights. Like, you start to be gracious to those around you, and you put that into practice. And you just be quiet when you're supposed to be quiet, and you start to obey. Maybe that's the best thing you could ever do for your prayer life. You're sitting there, and nothing's happening. But You don't do anything he says. And he just told us it would be wise if you didn't. Things might change. Listen. Now, I want to say this. God's wisdom, because you start to talk like that and you're like, Okay then, all right. So, so basically we've thrown out the gospel and now we're religious people and we're going to do this kind of stuff and then that's going to catch God's attention and everything's going to be okay. God's gospel is not like God's wisdom in this way. God's gospel is good to you every day, every minute, in every way, all the time. God's gospel is this, that while you were running around doing nothing, you couldn't have even cared, you couldn't have cared less about him. God decided that you were going to be his, and so he came after you. And somehow you felt it. Now, this is how the Bible says we feel it. God's kindness leads to repentance. What caused you to actually turn around and repent? What caused you to actually turn around and love God and go towards him? Sure. I mean, it wasn't this. It wasn't like him shouting, "Like you're not doing this, and you're breaking this command." And like condemnation is not what turned you. It says the kindness of God. Somehow, he let you hear, feel, understand his kindness. What he actually worked for you on the cross—the sending of his Son to take the punishment for all you did, so that you could be free. Hey, you can be forgiven, and you hear that word "forgiven," and it resonates with your soul. Like you could be forgiven. For all you've done, and you, and you hear, how? Because of the giving of the Son and that kindness. You realize God has been kind to you, and you're like, I want that. Or it says, godly sorrow will lead to repentance. So godly sorrow would be this that he just keeps letting you fall, and letting you fall, and letting you fall, because all your pursuits are empty, and they're only going to end in the same place, and you just keep hitting, and you get so broke, and you're sorrowful, but somehow you realize that, no, God let me keep hitting this place, and that was the way in which he would get my attention, and I love him for that. Like this godly sorrow, and then He just runs you down. And once you're his, there isn't anything that can change that. Once he adopts you into the family, you are his. You can be the worst child of God on the planet at the moment, and that doesn't stop making you a child of God. The gospel is good to you all the time, every day, in every way. Amen? God's wisdom is only good to you when you do what he says. God's wisdom is only good on the days that you do it. And on the days you don't, God's wisdom will beat you about the head and shoulders. Maybe bring about godly sorrow so we can get to the other point, but I'm not talking about being adopted. I'm not talking about being adopted into the family of God. I'm talking about blessing. So listen. Now, you need a plan. Because you can't just double down on it. You can't be like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. You need some. What are you going to do? Here's our, what's our question. What are you going to do? You've heard it. You know, I, I probably touched on something. What's one thing you know you have to change? Otherwise, your obedience is just going to be what it always has been. What's one thing? Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is for you. I know what it is for me. But it's probably going to be something. You're going to have to do something. Every year, I decide early on, I'm going to keep track of my miles because, you know, it'd be good. These are business miles, and these aren't, and this, and that's going to help me. And then every time I sit down in front of the person who does my taxes, I always wish, man, I wish I would have done that. Right? So I bought a book that has a mileage thing in it, and I stick it right in front of my eyeballs. So every time I get in the car, I'm like, oh, yeah, is this a business trip or not? You have to do something. You have to, you need some outside. You got to add something. You can't just like, okay, I'm trying to try harder. I'm going to type it into my phone this year. Whatever. Put something like, right. You have to do something different or you won't change. You got to add something. I have a doctor's appointment in February because I need to go to the doctor. Everybody tells me, you should go to the doctor. I don't know why. Like, I'm going. I, I made the appointment. But I made it out there a ways because I'm not walking to the doctor like this right now. Then he would know the truth about me. And that would be crazy. <laughs> so I set it out there a ways. And I'm getting ready because I want to be at my best when I walk in the door to make him believe somehow that I've always been this way. Come on. You know this is true. So I've got to, I knew to get ready for that, I had to do a few things. So I knew what I wanted to weigh when I walked in there. So I got, all I have to do to change what I weigh is to start to look. I have to I have to record what I eat. And the minute I start to record it and see how much it is, like, oh my goodness. And then I just eat less. Because it's shocking. It's shocking. So that's just what I do. It's, but, I, but it will never happen. I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to try a little harder. I'm just going to do it. No, that will never work. got to add something different. So it's this little counter, and it works. But you need outside help. You need something from the outside because you being all you, is not going to get us anywhere close to where we want to be. So the outside help that God suggests would be people. Wh- whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. I think the one thing that we need, that you might need, is that you have to figure out who loves God and is wise and loves the thing that God loves. And his life looks pretty decent. I guarantee you his life's a little bit of a mess underneath, but for the most part, it's, it's not near as crazy as yours. And you like that in him? Go ask him or her. Go ask, I can think of a few people right now like, I I like what I see in them. It's chill. It's smooth. They're nice, and they serve a lot, and they're good. They're happy, and I could—and that you can—that can rub off on you, because by yourself, you by yourself, it's not going to happen. Like, who do you think is wise? Ask them for help. Put something in. Counselor. Without counsel, plans fail, but With many advisors, they succeed. Get outside help, counseling. Your marriage is going to end because you and her, you can't fix it. You do not have what it takes. You've proven it for years. You do not have what it takes to fix it yourselves. So you need some outside help, but you're not going to get it because you're too proud to get it. And your pride is going to end your marriage. It's dumb. Get help. Go see it. Why, you're embarrassed? You're embarrassed to have a counselor. It's foolish not to. If you know you need it, get outside help. You need a money guy. You need a just put it down, whatever it is. You're like, I just need a wise guy, and I want you to. If you have no idea who the wise people are, just ask, and we'll try to connect you with somebody. Say wise guy. Say money guy. Say marriage guy or person. I'm acting as if the guys are the only one that have issues in this room, and clearly that is not true. And look at this last one or don't fine you just be you look whoever isolates, isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment that's fine you just stay you and you stay you all by yourself and you're going to get everything a fool deserves and that would not be wise so shape up. And I'm talking to myself first. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for the wisdom, even though we don't like to hear some of it. And I do pray that you would move in us, like make us do something different because by ourselves it's not going to happen. So bring, like just give us the discipline to do the one thing and take it from there. We ask it in Jesus' name and everybody said